Hey, good morning, everyone. Just, wasn't it great just to wake up this morning and just enjoy the snow? Isn't it just so beautiful? I, I have a friend, pastor friend, I graduated college with him, and uh, he lives in South Carolina. He's telling me, oh, bar and the azaleas are blooming right now, and it's 75 degrees. I said, I hate you, okay? But we're tough because of it. Um, so welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad to, to have each and every one of you here today, and those of you that are watching online. We're looking forward to next week. Easter already, and just celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, and we celebrate that every day. Aren't you so thankful that Jesus is alive today, interceding for us? Can we just thank the Lord for that, that he's alive today, and we worship him, get to be part of his kingdom. Um, We're in a series looking at the words that Jesus said. What did Jesus have to say? And today, I just want to look at a passage of Scripture of Jesus speaking to us on how we can unburden our lives. How many of you would say, man, I've got some burdens on my life, or I've got some pressure on my life, right? We, we all know that life just adds these burdens to our lives, and maybe you're to the point where it's like, if, if one more person asks me to do one more thing, I'm going to lose it, right? How many moms can say amen to that, right? Amen? And uh, so we have these burdens on our life. Can we actually live an unburdened life? Can we get to the point of our life where we don't allow the stress and the burdens to overwhelm us? Well, I believe Jesus has something to say about that. And here's the, here's the overarching theme I want us to see today. It's all about what you attach your life to. And Jesus understood this about us. Jesus never told us that we're not going to have difficulties or there's not going to be stress. It's how do we deal with it? How do we deal with the burdens of our life? And every single one of us watching online and those of you here in the room, we all have burdens in our life. And how do we deal with them? And boy, I'll tell you what, Jesus knows our heart better than anyone else. He knows our lives and he knows what we need. And he knows what we need for us to live our lives according to his will and what he has for us. So I'm praying that this word for you will be good news for your souls today. How many would say, Pastor Barden, I need some rest for my soul. Amen? We need rest in our souls, and Jesus gives that to us. So I'm going to look at God's Word today. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 11, specifically verses 25 through 30. And let's look at what Jesus said about rest and burdens and how we uh, unburden our lives. Let's start in verse 25. It says, This time Jesus says, I praise you, Father. Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Father chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen to God's word. Let's discover what Jesus meant by that. You know, it's interesting. When you apply for a job, the employer is going to ask for your 
resume. They want to know if your skills match the job that they want to fill. The next step might be a, a, a phone interview or an in-person interview. And um, I, I do, I've done quite, you know, being at the church for the amount of years that I've been here, I've done a lot of interviews for different positions at the church. And someone asked me not too long ago, how did you find um, Pastor Brandon, our family pastor? And I'll be honest with you, I found him at a Chick-fil-A parking lot. And he was eating, he was having Polynesian sauce with chicken fingers. And I said, this guy would make a great family pastor. Would you be willing to fill that position? No, seriously, he was in Colorado. And our first video conferencing, we wanted, I wanted to see who this guy was. I want to see a picture of this, this, this dude with the beard. And so um, we had this video call and he was literally on his break from his other job in a parking lot of a Chick-fil-A. And I said, you're hired. No, so... We we did the whole interview from Colorado. Everything worked out great, and the and the rest is history. But that literally was our first meeting. Was at in the parking lot of a Chick Fil A as we did a video call. But employers, what they want to do is they want to make sure you're hiring the right person for the job. Have you ever been in a job that you just it just wasn't a fit? Maybe it just wasn't a fit, or have you ever been fired, or you weren't meeting the qualifications, or maybe you got overlooked for a promotion because you lacked something? Those things are not fun. But what are the qualifications that Jesus requires for following him? This is really interesting. It's very interesting on who Jesus looks for to follow him. And this has everything to do with living an unburdened life. Because I want to remind you today that we fight against this performance-driven attitude constantly in our life. And it's not that we shouldn't do well at our jobs or want to do well, but the problem is in Christianity, if we're not careful, we can tend to look at our relationship with Christ or relationship with Christianity is this performance thing. How well do I do? Who is God looking for? Is he looking for the elite, the best? What about all my mess ups that I made in the past? Is God going to overlook me? Does God care? And all this guilt and the shame can come up in our life and we feel like, can I truly be used by God. Jesus's requirements are the complete opposite of what we see in the world and the world's standards of acceptance. And what is the difference from Jesus's expectations and the world's expectations? Well, we live in a performance-driven world. Our performance is evaluated by how well we do in sports, how well we do in school, how well we do in our jobs, how do we look, the pressure to look a certain way, going to the right college, to have the right job, so that we can have a well-paying job. Wanting to do well is not necessarily a bad thing. But where can it go wrong? The problem is we can base our identity on how well we perform. And so the better I perform, the better, falsely, I believe about myself. And so we want people to accept us. We want people to like us. So the better we do, the better we perform, the, the more we feel, we'll feel better about ourselves. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, our identity can be attached to what we do, not who we are. That's, can I just be honest with you? That's going to be a struggle that you and me have the rest of our lives. It's, 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 it's this attachment of my performance and my identity by what we do. 
And we think we're going to be accepted by how well we do at these things. I mean, it's like, you know, when guys get together, we talk, and they say, you know, when you meet for the show, hey, what do you do? Well, what do you do? I do this. What do you do? You know, we all, we base it on our jobs, right? This is what I do. Wouldn't it be interesting if two guys got together and say, would you, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I just love my family and my, my wife. That's what I do. Can you imagine? You'd fall down. Like, really? That's what you do? Really? What? No, what do you do? Right? What's your job? Because we evaluate our identity by what we do. So it's easy to feel like a failure when things don't go the way we want. And so the question is, how do we, if you live, if we live in this performance-based society and culture, it's an up and down thing, right? We'll feel good one day and then we'll feel bad the next. It's, it's, it's a roller coaster. And if our identity is attached to that, then our identity is going to go up and down just like being on a roller coaster. And what happens is, is when we fail, it can be very detrimental to our identity. When we make mistakes, it can be very detrimental to our identity, how can we learn to overcome this and attach ourselves to Christ and him alone? It's easy to feel like a failure when things don't go our way or we make bad decisions. How many of you have ever made a bad decision in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, and if you didn't, you just made a bad decision because we've all made bad decisions in our life. We've all have made mistakes in our past. Amen? Everybody agrees we've all made mistakes. So how do I learn from my failures? And for me personally, this is just me, I'd like to learn and hear from people who have endured through their failures. See, it's easy to buy the book that says one, two, three steps on how to be successful like me. And so then you read it, and then you feel like a failure because you feel like, well, I don't measure up to this person, and this person has achieved such high success, and they're giving me the one, two, three steps on how to achieve this thing in my life, and then when I don't achieve that thing in my life, I feel like a failure. I like to hear from people who have made big mistakes in their lives, and what did they learn from it? What did they learn from their failures? What did they learn from their mistakes? Let me ask you this. How many of you, if I were to say this, you know what I'm talking about? Wide right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wide right. Let me jog your memory. I've got a picture here. Okay, how many remember wide Right. Okay. So, unless you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you may not you may not know what 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 this is. But this is uh, this is in the Super Bowl when Scott Nord missed the winning field goal to win Super Bowl number twenty five off his leg. He went wide right. Now, I read an article a couple of years ago, and uh, someone interviewed Scott Norwood and about losing the Super Bowl off off his off his off this kick and um it was really interesting uh interview and for Scott Norwood you know Buffalo Bills first Super Bowl winning kick on his foot Super Bowl 25 8 seconds left in the game his kick went wide right they lost the game now i can't imagine having that pressure to win the Super Bowl off off this off this kick and it wasn't a chip shot it was a 47 yard field goal so it wasn't a chip shot but it was difficult for most people most people, this could easily have ruined the rest of their lives or defined the rest of their lives on that one kick. And so the interviewer asked Scott Norwood about the miskicked and, and what he felt about it and how he dealt with it. And I love his response. He says this. He goes, I guess it was just the way I was raised, he said, when asked about facing the music. He said, it's very easy to stand there and answer questions when things go right, when things go great. But how do, re- how do you react when things don't go as planned? 
I believe you have an obligation to stand there, good times and bad. The reporters had a job to do. The fans wanted to know what happened. It was not fun. It's not always fun. But you can't just soak up the sunshine in life. Sometimes you've got to soak up a little rain too. And the interviewer said there are still occasions when Norwood runs into someone who is nasty and rude. And he said this. He says, I do my best to be empathetic. I try not to judge people, he said. I don't know what someone like that is going through at the time. It could be a projection of other things that are bothering them, as long as it's not too injurious. I try to approach it with understanding and empathy. And in doing so, he continued to show us how to be champions even in defeat. For Scott Norwood, the miskick didn't define who he was as a person. It didn't define who he was as a person. You see, our identity, if we're not careful, can become about our jobs, our grades, how well we raise our children, how I look. This is all pressure we have to focus on what we do, not who we are. And when we don't succeed or when we fail, we can easily lose our way. So what is different about Jesus? Because all these things, trying to identify, trying to be the best, trying to do this, trying to, trying to, you know, when trying to raise our kids the best way, and when, you know, maybe things don't work out the right way or they make mistakes, then we feel like failures as parents, and it's just like, I'm not doing a good job, and what's going on? All these things burden our lives because we're identifying with the wrong thing. So what's different about Jesus? Here's the difference. I hope you catch it. This is so good. Everybody just lean in. Just lean in. This is so good. Everybody online, just lean in because it's so good. So good. So good. Here's the difference. Jesus doesn't call us to something. Here, this is so good. This is going to help you. Okay, it's helping me right now. It's helping me right now. Okay, this is so good. See, what we do is we think our identity has to come from something. If I can just achieve success here, there, and the other, then it's going to make me feel better about myself. Jesus says, listen, I'm not calling you to something. He's not asking for your resume. He's not asking for your SAT scores. Thank God he's not asking for my SAT scores. He's not asking for those things. See, what what Jesus was dealing with was the religious at the time. And what they were doing is they were burdening people with the yoke of religion and rules and placing that on them and saying, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. You have to to attach yourself to religion. And what that ended up doing is causing people to be work-based. It's about what I do. I find my righteousness in what I do, not in who I am in Christ. This is good, okay? Here's what happens in our lives. What we can easily do is attach ourselves to something, Attach ourselves to religion and say, okay, this is how I'm going to make myself a better person. If I can just do this, 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 and this, and I'll be better. But the moment we fail or we make a mistake, guess what? We crash. We crash. Because we're attaching ourselves, we're yoking ourselves to the wrong thing. And Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want you to yoke yourself to me. Not another religion, not another bunch of rules, Because what's going to happen is you're going to fail somewhere down the line. You're going to break or you're going to fail one of those rules. And then you're going to feel bad about yourself because your identity is not placed in me. It's placed in these rules. See, the people Jesus was dealing with, this religious religious elite, were more in love with their rules and religion than they were God, than pleasing him and being attached to Jesus. And this is the problem that Jesus has. This is the context of what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 11. 
See, what he does is something completely different. What Jesus does, instead of calling you to something, like, I'm going to bring another religion, be committed to this, be committed to these rules, what Jesus says, no, I want you to be committed to me. And so what Jesus does is he calls us to himself. And when we understand that, it will break the bondage of us trying to find our identity in things. Amen? Okay, so, so follow me here. Follow. This is good. This is good. He doesn't say do all these things and overachieve in certain areas and then you can follow me. Who does he call? The burdened. The beat up. Those that feel like they made too many mistakes. Those that have childlike faith. That's who he's calling. He's not looking for the elite person with the best resume and the perfect SAT score. That's not who he's looking for. See, in the preceding verses, he gives a rebuke to certain cities where Jesus performed many of his miracles. And they rejected Jesus and they didn't repent. This, so what Jesus says about, about taking on his yoke comes on the heels of him just rebuking these certain cities for not repenting, for not turning to him when he performed all these miracles before them. You see, the reason is that they were wise in their own eyes. They didn't need Jesus or what he had to offer because they felt good about themselves and who they were. They were wise in their own eyes. You see, to the world's standards, they may have seemed wise. They may have been educated. But their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened to what Jesus had to offer. Not even Jesus' miracles were enough. It showed how hardened their hearts were. Their identity was in their wisdom and their religiosity. It's how they appeared on the outside. That's where they placed all their identity. And so in starting in verse 28, Jesus describes who he desires to come to him. And so he doesn't call the religious or the self-righteous or those who think they have it all together, right? He calls the burdened and the overwhelmed, he calls those who never measured up to the religious demand of the religious elite of their time. Doesn't call those people. Childlike faith. Those are who you're burdened. Those who feel like you're overwhelmed. And then in verse 25, Jesus says that God instead chooses to reveal himself to those who are like little children. Who have a childlike faith. The meaning here is those who receive the gospel with, trust, with trusting, simple faith. And so what what Jesus says in verse 29 is this. He tells us to take up his yoke upon him. Now, this doesn't make sense because you think a yoke is something that's burdensome. Why would Jesus now place his yoke? Okay, we're not supposed to place the yoke of the world on our shoulders because that burdens us or place our identity in the things of the world. Now Jesus says, take his yoke upon us. See, when Jesus calls us, he tells us to take his yoke upon us. So let's understand what Jesus was talking about. I have a picture here. Of, this, is what Jesus, this is the picture that Jesus is trying us to understand. The yoke was this wooden harness that would join two oxen together to perform heavy work. So you are joined to that other person. And I want you to get the picture because what Jesus is saying is what the religious elite, the Pharisees were doing, was, was trying to yoke people to their religious standards of work. And, and it did just the opposite. Instead of, instead of taking the burden off and making them free 
it caused them to be more burdened because they felt like they were never good enough, could never strive. And so after a while, people just gave up on religion. And some of you may have felt that way too. You're like, man, I just, I don't know if I can do it because I just have made mistakes. I make mistakes. And should I just give up at this point? Hopefully hearing what Jesus has to say will set you free from that. So here's the problem. The problem is they're trying to yoke other people to the burden of their religion, of all their rules. And it was wearing them out and it was causing them to be burdened with all of this. And so Jesus, the ESV study notes, have good insight here. It says, Jesus used the metaphor of a yoke to show one's person's subjection to another. Okay, now this is interesting. This is interesting because whatever you are yoked to would dominate you or rule over you. Whatever you are yoked to is going to dominate you or rule over you. For the religious elite of Jesus' day, they, they, they used rules and religion as a yoke to burden others to make them subject to them, to control them. And to the point, it became impossible to follow where people just simply gave up. So if you're yoked to the wrong thing, it will deplete your energy. The the, the word of God uses this word to being unequally yoked with someone. If you've got two oxen and you've got one who is much stronger and one who is weak, the one who is weak is going to deplete the energy of the other stronger one twice as fast. See, here's Jesus' point. What have you yoked your life to? The reason why we're so burdened and stressed out in our lives many times is because we're yoked to the wrong thing. Plain and simple. We're trying to find our identity and our strength in the wrong things. And so what's happening is our life is being depleted. It's being dominated by something that's not going to give you strength or wisdom or help, but that thing is going to deplete you. It's going to add extra burdens on your life. And, and sad to say, trying our own religious pursuits to try to please God through our works will ultimately burden you. And, and it, will, it will lead you away from a relationship of freedom in Christ. So what Jesus does is he, dis, he doesn't come to put more burdens on our lives or to make us prove our worth through the yoke of religion. Everybody say, Amen. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. What he does is he comes to set us free from actually the yoke of sin. The bondage that comes from the yoke of sin. And so the question is this. What are we yoking our lives to? Where are we trying to find our identity? Are we trying to find that in the world and the world's standards? And so Jesus does this for us. He tries to help us to see what the most important thing in your life should be, and that should be him. And all of us struggle with this because we want people to be impressed with us or whatever, and we have these conversations, and you know, we're in these conversations with people, and we feel like we've got to share many times our resume. Well, this is what I've done. Right, you ever, you know, and, and listen, pastors are just as bad as that. Many times you get in circle with other pastors that you don't know, and they always try to share, you know, this is the size of my church, and then you've got one guy who feels good because his church is started, and then you've got another guy that feels horrible because maybe I'm not doing a good job. I just say, to all that. But anyway, that's just my, that's just my, my thing, right? Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to prove our worth, right? By what we do, by what we've achieved. And Jesus says, no, I want you to come. Those that are burdened, 
those that feel overwhelmed, those are the ones that I'm calling. Listen, it's so easy to look into our world and to feel burdened because we feel like we never achieve. It's so easy to look at our world. Well, this is, this is the perfect life. This is the perfect body. This is um, the perfect job. This is this, that, and that. And all of a sudden, we get overwhelmed because we don't achieve that. We don't look good enough. So then I've, I, I've got to keep doing more and more to try to make myself feel better about myself in comparison to what the world is, is throwing at me all the time. And it's, it's relentless. And if I'm not yoked to Christ... Then I'm going to yoke myself to these other things that are only going to burden my life. So Jesus uses the idea of, of, of yoke. It basically has two meanings here. The two meanings here that Jesus uses for the idea of yoke has two meanings. One is, is the yoke is heavy. The yoke itself is a burden. The yoke itself is a burden. And then the yoke links you to someone else, but it also links you to something else. So if we are yoking our lives to our jobs or our kids or success or the approval of others, it will eventually wear you out. It will dominate you. And that's why we are so stressed out. The reason why we are so burdened and so restless is for the simple reason we are yoked to the wrong thing. And that's what Jesus is telling those who feel overwhelmed and burdened. We are a servant to the thing we are yoked to. We, we think that, oh, this is going to set me free, this is going to make me feel better about myself, but no, we become a servant to that thing that we are yoked to. And then we try to find identity and our worth by that thing. So Jesus is different. When he talks about his yoke, and he tells them, I don't, I don't want to add this extra burden and pressure on you and trying to be perfect and here's your resume and I want you to be perfect and you can't come to me unless you get this, this, and this right. What Jesus says is when he says to yoke himself to us, the word there means fitting. Jesus' yoke is actually fitting. It's, it's good. Jesus, what he does is he yokes himself with us to walk with us, not to deplete us, not, not, not to, take, to add more burdens on our lives, but actually to be our burden bearer. Now, Jesus doesn't say we're never going to have any problems in life, but he says, when you take my yoke upon me, your identity will be in me. So no matter what you walk through in life, I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you through this thing. And see, that's what Jesus' desire. He says, look, those you feel overwhelmed and feel like you never measured up, you feel like you don't measure up to the world's standards, come to me and you're going to find rest for your souls. The reason why we are so restless is we're identifying with the wrong things. That's why we feel so restless. And Jesus says, come. Come just as you are, broken, messy, screwed up, dysfunctional. Just Come. Come as you are. Find rest for your souls in me. Stop trying to please everyone. Listen, you're going to make mistakes as a parent. You're going to do other things. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. But Jesus says, for those that are humble in heart, he is there to forgive and to heal and to restore. Amen. See, Jesus wants us to yoke with him, not a religion, not with things that will only bring heavier burdens on us. You see, when I'm yoked with Christ and my identity is in him, then I want to please him. 
I want to do the right thing. I want to live a holy life. Not because this thing is shoved down my throat or I feel like if I mess up, I'm going to lose my relationship with Christ right away. But when we yoke ourselves with the Lord, we know that we can run to him and we can cast whatever that thing is at his feet and we can find forgiveness because we know he cares for us. We know that he desires to restore us and allow us to do his will. You see, our fulfillment and peace will not come from our jobs, financial security, our children, whatever that is. It will never come from that. Why? Because this world is so unstable. How many of you know you can feel good one moment and then the next moment everything changes? Welcome to Rochester, New York's weather, right? Yesterday was sunny and next 10 minutes later it's pouring rain out. You wake up this morning and it's snowing. Don't you just love living here, right? It's just wait 10 minutes and everything changes. That's the big joke living in Rochester, right? And that's the problem when we yoke ourselves to things that other than Christ himself. See, that's the problem because one day you're going to feel real good about yourself, right? You do. Right? You feel real good about yourself. And then the next day you're going to, something goes wrong. Your child makes a, a wrong choice or whatever. And then you're like, oh man, I'm the worst parent in the world. Right? We, because we're yoking ourselves to the wrong thing. Right? Christ says, come to me, cast those burdens at my feet. This is why we can't put our hope in this world or any other yoke than Christ. See, Jesus' answer for us is very simple. He says, come to me, and you're going to find rest for your soul. Come to me and you're going to find rest for your soul. This doesn't mean life will not be hard, but what Jesus is saying is, I will give you peace to traverse through it. I will walk with you through it because your identity is going to be in me now. And so that burden is going to be lifted from trying to be the perfect person over here. When your identity is in Christ, the lack of trying to impress right? The, the reason to try to make yourself look good in front of other people is going to dissipate because that's not what you're striving for any longer. Your goal now is Christ and to please him. And you know that you're a child of him and your relationship with him is secure because nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So he's not going to disappoint you. Can I just lean in again? We're going to lean in again. Those watching online, guess what? Your spouse is going to disappoint you. Did you hear me? Your spouse is going to disappoint you. Be careful with your amens there, okay? But your spouse is going to disappoint you. Listen, parents, parents, lean in. Ready? Guess what? Your kids are going to disappoint you at times. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, just wait. You you with young kids, just wait. Just wait. I love you guys with young kids, you know. Just wait. They become teenagers. You just wait, right? Wait. I thought I was so smart back then and I was so dumb. Right? Just listen. Listen. Right? Listen. They're going to disappoint you. Your job is going to disappoint you. Right? You're going to disappoint yourself at times. But listen, when you are yoked to Christ and who he is and your identity is found in him, these other things will not throw extra burdens on you because you're going to stop striving for those things. And you're going to strive after Christ. And he's going to, listen, when you do that, your heart is humbled. Christ gives you peace. You're able to look at your life differently. Right? Of course, all of us want our kids to succeed. We want to have good marriages. But listen, listen, just know this, that those things will disappoint you at times. But Christ will never disappoint you. 
And you can always run to him and find help in your time of need. See, when Jesus says, learn from me, take my yoke upon you, Jesus is telling us that he's humble and he's gentle in heart. He's come to serve, not to be served. He gave his life for us on the cross. That's how much he loves you. He did everything to reach you. See, when he says this, he, he, he leads us and carries us and teaches us. And so we're to learn from Christ. See, when we are yoked with Christ, we'll begin to act like him. We'll have a teachable spirit. We'll walk in humility. We'll have a peace. And our identity will not be in these things, whether or not they work out or not. Our identity be, will be in Christ and him alone. So my question to you is, what have you yoked your life to and what's burdening your heart right now? What, what are you stressed out about right now? What's burdening your heart? What are the things that you think about? Like, man, I just, I feel like I'm no good here. I feel like I, I don't measure up here. What are the things that are burdening you? And I just want to let you know this morning, take on the yoke of Christ. Learn from him. Have a teachable spirit because Jesus is humble in heart. He has a loving heart. And he wants to teach us when we take his yoke upon him. So these other things, no matter how they may work out, they're not going to add this extra stress and burden on my life because I'm now attached to Christ. And he's going to give me a different way to look at these things, right? Not to be overwhelmed and burdened by them, but help me to look at them differently through the spirit of Christ now. Not allowing for them. Because listen, we really, in order to really understand our hearts, we have to understand why we get angry about things. And many times it's really not about our child or anything else. It's just we're angry because they made us look bad. Got real quiet, right? I'm just being honest with you, right? It made, it, because many times we vicariously live through those things, once again, to find our identity. See, when we are linked with Christ, we link ourselves with his humility we understand what he did for us. So it helps us to walk in that gentleness and that humility. Because no matter what everybody else says or, or the decisions other people may make, it doesn't change who I am in Christ. It doesn't change that. So find your identity in him and him alone and link yourself to Jesus. Take his yoke upon yourself because he's gentle and humble in heart and allow him to teach you. And all these other things, you give them to the Lord. You give your kids to the Lord, your relationship to the Lord, whatever those things are, give them to the Lord and allow Jesus to look at your heart. Be honest with yourself. You know, do a good self-evaluation of yourself. Why am I angry? Why am I doing these things? And I guarantee a lot of it is because it's misplaced identity. You're trying to find identity in things that can never truly satisfy, like Jesus. Amen. I say this all the time. Don't we have a perfect Savior in every way? I don't know about you. I just love Jesus. And he is just incredible. And his teachings set us free. They don't bind us up. They don't lock us up. They don't burden us. But they set us free. So let's learn from Jesus, our Savior. Father God, I thank you for your word today. Lord, all of us in this place, we struggle with our identity. We struggle with who we are, trying to fit into this world, trying to appease the things in this world. Lord, help us to just come before you 
and take your yoke upon us. Lord, I just pray for everyone here today that just feels burned today. Maybe they feel stressed out. Maybe there are things in their past that they're struggling to overcome because of the bad decisions that they've made. I thank you, Lord, that when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Behold, all things become new. And I thank you that our past does not dictate who we are in you. Yes, Lord, we live with the consequences. Maybe we live with those things in our mind. But I thank you that those things don't change who we are in you now when we come to you. And when we receive you as our Lord and Savior, I thank you that you change all those things. So help us with the burdens in our lives. Help us with our identity. Help us with the things we try to attach ourselves to that do not ultimately bring bring satisfaction. So I thank you, Lord, for your word today. I thank you that you desire to bring rest to our souls. And I pray that today, that you would bring rest to our souls as we take on your yoke, Jesus, and as we learn from you. We thank you for your love and for being a perfect Savior in every way. And we want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.